Ladies and gentlemen, I, I have with me Sahaj Tikatan of the band Raw, among many other projects he's involved in. Uh, very pleased to have him joining us this afternoon. Sahaj, thank you for, for being here. I really appreciate it. And uh, speaking on behalf of Raw fans everywhere, we've missed you. Yeah, I'm excited to be alive still at this point. And uh, I'm excited to be, you know, active as a musician and I'm excited to be on your show. This has been um, a very intense year, you know, for everybody. Um, and uh, after seven years of not doing anything, it's been very satisfying coming back and having a good response and having people seem to be enthusiastic about um, the record we've put out. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the reactions I've been seeing so far are definitely uh, exceedingly positive. I think it's it's one of your best. Uh, I absolutely love the song Intercorrupted. That is just uh, such a, a great song, but there's there's so many others on there I've enjoyed as well. Uh, Jezebel um, really has grabbed me as well since that came out. And the reviews I'm reading, um, I think I've seen words like brilliant, genius, thrown around, and I'm not kidding when I say that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, one of the things that's sort of... Um been fun for me because obviously the last time we put a record out the internet was obviously um you know all all powerful but now it is truly all powerful <laughs> and it's a it is a completely different level of engagement so you know we really never had a youtube channel um really with any value i mean we had a bunch of old videos on it some live things some of this and all, all messy you know not, not not professional kind of quality and um you know, once we started putting up stuff on this YouTube ch channel and getting views and subscribers and the whole thing, I I've sort of really become enamored with the YouTube community. Mm. Like, I love Facebook and I love Instagram and stuff, but there's something about the connection with people on YouTube that seems extremely sort of single-minded. I guess the difference on Facebook and, and Instagram is sometimes you get a lot of people who aren't necessarily there just because you're a musician or just because of one thing or another. Whereas like on YouTube, if somebody's coming to watch your video, they're coming to watch your video. So their comment tends to be more focused. And the idea of putting out, you know, we put out some lyric videos and some audio visualizers, but the whole album is available there to listen to, which is also very strange, you know, because right. I'm, I'm, I've always, you know, had a, had a sort of suspicious eye at YouTube because of the royalty rates they pay. But right. nonetheless, um, the community seems to be very, very, like, like, enthusiastic. Enthusiastic, even if they don't like something. You know, it's not like, it's not like, um every single comment is, is great. You know, right. I would say 90, 98% of them are fantastic, but even in the people who aren't that stoked, you get a very like actual sort of well thought out comment as opposed to like, you know, it's not that trolly. There's not, I, I, at least I find that it's not as trolly as uh, Instagram and Facebook. I'm sure the longer we're on there, the more it will become so. But yeah, it's it's amazing that to, to have these comments where people who are new to the band, um, as a result of some of the features we had on the record, um, you know, they're saying really good things, and that's really re that's sort of really important to me. And I, I love the idea of our fans being satisfied, but I really like the idea of having people who've never heard the band ever before show up and be like, Hey, what else should I listen to? I really like this, this record. What else is there? And that's sort of pretty cool to me. Yeah, 
Yeah, I have seen that as well. And that's, that is a very cool thing because it's, it's one of those things where, you know, we've, it's been a while, it's been a while since the last album and, uh, it's, you know, now we've almost had a bit of turnover generationally, so to speak, you know, and it's new to so many people and they have that opportunity now to, to investigate that back catalog and discover, you know, what great output you guys had and are now having again and that's a wonderful thing and, and i think you're right i've seen that with youtube as well especially if uh, you start digging into the reaction videos which are really popular these days and they've become a bit of a mecca for sharing and getting out new and unusual music and artists those that want to dig into the the deep dives and and that puts you guys right there where there's that opportunity to to be discovered by others and shared to be discovered by others. So it's it's quite a shift, I guess, uh, since eight years ago. Yeah, and also, you know, um, creating your reach, you know, actually doing the work required to make your your internet reach meaningful. You know, I would say 10,000, 20,000 people is where it starts to become reasonable to be like, okay, so I'm starting to reach people. Mm -hmm. um, at, you know, that, that's a whole art form to it. There's a whole skill set associated to building your audience and having the right kind of personality and character that works online and, and, and you know, how, knowing how to, inter I mean, I, I'm essentially learning an entire new language, um, even though in working with Maytel, uh, Maytel Cohen, from, who's very successful on YouTube, um, a lot of, uh, I've learned a lot of lessons through her because obviously she's sort of, an expert. Right. So, um, it, it, it has been, it has been really interesting because the last time I, you know, the last time I put out a record, not even the last time, but when I was putting out the, the real records, universal records, mm -hmm. you know, you got in a, you got in a bus, you played the shows, you got off, you called a few radio stations. That was it. Yeah. You know, you didn't have to post every five minutes. You didn't have to comment on everybody's comments. You didn't have to interact with thousands of people a week. And it's it's a it's a very very world, weird world we live in right now, but there's there's some cool there's some cool side effects of it. You do feel the momentum when things are going good. Yeah, no doubt. I, I can imagine that's you know, and that's an excellent thing to have available to artists, especially the up and coming ones. So I, I mean, we've talked about you know the break that Ra had for that uh, rather extended time period. And I had the fear that I was never going to hear new Ra music again. I'm glad I got to and hopefully will again down the road, too. And so what was it, you know, that prompted you guys to to make this return after that long hiatus? I think, um, you know, as I mentioned, Maytel. So Maytel and I uh, started working together in 2012. And um, she, you know, she has 1.6 million Facebook followers and 1.4 million subscribers on YouTube. Just just ridiculous numbers. And um, we started working together uh, and we had a singer in her project for the first album. And when she made the second album or when she wanted to make the second album, we couldn't find a singer. So she ultimately sort of convinced me to do it. Um, and I basically, uh, sort of begrudgingly started writing the songs with my own vocals in mind and, and we started putting it together. But ultimately the, the excitement and sort of satisfaction of singing and having, um, you know, played a couple of shows with her. I, just, I don't know. I just got the itch. I also felt like, you know, it would be a good time to bring the band back um, because, you know, she would help me with a, a bit of the reach as well. People who know me through her would uh, would probably like Ra and it would be uh, a smart thing to do on that level. But then the other the other aspect was 
um, talking to the guys in the band. And, and you would imagine that after eight years or seven years, uh, there'd be some explaining to do and trying to convince and have a sales pitch. But essentially when I reached out to the guys, um, it was instantaneous. I was like, Hey, do you guys want to do a record? And I had a whole thing I was going to say, and they were just like, yep, let's do it. I'm in. Nice. So, you know, with that in mind, it, it just, it just all felt good. And we were all sort of excited to do it. And the timing was good. There were bands, you know, I noticed this move down and come back and I saw Urgent Machine was about to go back on tour and, you know, and this band and that band was coming back. And I was like, well, screw it. If they're going to do it, I'm going to do it too. You know, and it's not like we're at that level, but certainly from a musical standpoint, I felt uh, like a lot of evolution had gone on because I'd been producing and writing with so many other bands that I also felt like there was a lot more sort of music to showcase. Right. Yeah. And, and, and you know what, the timing of all that is really kind of nice when you're talking about those various bands, because it's like the, the early oddies, mid oddies are coming back two thousands. And that to me was a really, really fertile time creatively for a lot of bands, you guys in particular, you know, everybody kind of had this blend of styles and influences that made them unique. And, and as I've said with people before with Raw, like you guys have your own blend that to me was timeless. It doesn't stamp you as belonging to a certain period of time and yet pulls in all these various influences and mixes them into this stew. And then, and then you've been busy with your other projects with Maytal and Starset and Lejean Witherspoon and Motley Crue even. And it's amazing to me how consistent you've been able to keep Ra's sound despite all those other influences. They're not leaking in exactly. And, and, and so it's like, wow, how, how do they do that? Keeping Ra's core unique sound so timeless and yet so creative at the same time, despite having all these other influences kind of popping in in their lives? Well, I think <clears throat> from a technical standpoint, it goes to two things. The first thing is <clears throat> what we call sound design. So if you're going to put synths and you're going to put programming and stuff like that into your music in a, in, a contemporary, in a contemporary way, there's sort of a level of finesse and skill that you have to have to make sure that it's not intrusive in the sense that, you know, obviously my work with Starset um, that becomes very, the electronics are featured and are out front. So in, in the creation of those songs, we're, we're building the house with electronics and, and those kinds of sounds far more than we would in a raw record where essentially, you know, as long as you set up the parameters that guitar, bass, and drums are the feature on every song, then if you do your sound design right, it doesn't pull away from it. You can hear it, and it sounds like programming, but it doesn't necessarily overrun what the guitars, bass, and drums are doing. So that's, to me, the core um, hypothesis that kept the raw sound from being sort of transformed unnecessarily for this record. Um, and also, you know, there are, certain, there are certain aspects of sound design, like something we call transitions, which, are, you know, you hear it in a lot of songs. There's, there's more of these in Intercorrupted, the song, than there are in other, other songs on the album. But, you know, even the, the swooshy kind of reverse cymbals and, and the shh, all those kinds of crazy sounds that you hear in a lot of modern songs, if, if, you, if you let the instruments be in charge of, of those dynamics, um, that also allows you to sort of preserve what Ra is about, right? So the idea of not necessarily having some crazy reverse sound all the time and letting Scooters, as the drummer, 
you know, create the transition as if it were 1980, as mm-hmm. opposed to now where you just use electronics to, to do these transitions. Um, I think that that helped to keep it raw and not let the thing, not let other things distract. Um, but then in a contemporary sense, the most important part for me personally was sort of showcasing a contemporary sense of writing, being able to write melodies and chord structures and songs um, that feel new, that don't feel like new metal from 2002. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's, that's the juggling act of the entire, of the entire album. But, you know, you get to a certain age or a certain proficiency level where what you do is what you do. Like when I worked with the guys in nothing more over the summer, uh, one of the things I really respected was the idea that they had already sort of committed to the lane that they were in, and they weren't really going to deviate from that, even though they might write, you know, widely, de- widely different songs. They all sound like nothing more, yeah. you know, and that's something that, <clears throat> and they're very instrument based. They're much more like we, you know, great drummer, great guitar player, great singer, that whole sort of like where everything is holding its own based on music musicianship. Um, so, you know, Ra is somewhat like that. You know, we try and, you know, Scooter's playing on the drums is so signature to the sound of the band, as is Ben's sort of psychedelic sort of his his additions to the record were really meaningful because they added a whole layer of sort of otherworldliness that the album didn't have before that. So, yeah, it, it, all of that stuff, just and, and also just having the original guys. Yeah. That, that's going to make, for anyone who knows the band, it's going to feel familiar because it's the same guy. Yeah. And that's, and that's one of the wonderful things about it as well. And, and unusual this far down the road, it's, it's one of those moments where all of a sudden I'm reminded, I'm like, wow, that's right. They've, they've been around for 20 years. Your first album came out early two thousands. You know, like this was one of those moments where I remember I'm old. <laughs> so, but it's, it's great about that, but it also, it just highlights all the changes that have happened and not just because of technology or, or society, but, you know, the past year, you know, it goes without saying that we've all been dealing with circumstances that none of us have had to deal with before, unless we were alive back in 1918. And I, I got to wonder, like, with that and with other aspects of it, what do you think really made Intercorrupted's recording process unique or different from your previous records? Uh, the biggest, the biggest impact I, I would say is planning. Um, you know, Traditionally, all the raw records was all the past raw records were always written as I'm going to write 20, 30 songs. I'm going to pick the best 10, 12, and that's going to be the record. Whereas with this album, it was more sort of a there was there was a, a sort of a template and boxes and 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 things needed to be checked off. You know, I needed a song like this. I needed a song like this. I needed a song to do this. I needed a certain kind of song in this part of the album to make sure that it does this. I'd never written a record like that before, but Dustin from Starset is extremely like that. He actually goes as far as to write songs with specific Spotify playlists in mind, where he will be, oh, I I need an adrenaline playlist song. And it's smart because it's very business savvy. It's very... um it's very, you know, it, 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 it disseminates the, the writing process and makes it so much more focused that way. You don't think it does because you feel like you're compartmentalizing too much, but it actually helps to know what the target is a lot more than trying to just be a free musician and saying, oh, I just want to write a cool song, which is great. But at this point in our career, 
I felt like the audience had certain expectations. They wanted to do you call my name. They wanted a rectifier. They wanted the sky. They wanted, you know, they wanted a super mega dubstep. They wanted something that felt like this. And they wanted something, you know, and they wanted to crawl into the sky or poet's dream. Like, so the idea of, okay, on this album, I'm going to write, the do you call my name? Okay, that's do you call, that's intercorrupted, and then rectifier. Okay, that's let's go to Mexico, and then you know, <laughs> super mega dubstep. Okay, I can't go on. Like every song was sort of the cousin or or checking off the category that needed to be checked off so that people would feel like it was us. And um, you know, I, I was I was happy with that, but because we had all the extra time in 2020 to plan it a little bit more specifically, I got to live with the songs much longer than I normally would before I had to finish them. So the demos sort of circulated for a very, very long time. And a lot of the, um, a lot of the important decisions were made in my brain well before I got to the point of actually applying them to the songs. So I had sort of a laundry list of things to do to each track once the, um, once it became time to finish the record. Right. Yeah. I, I imagine that planning that time to sit with the songs really, helps to flesh them out even more so than, than you normally would have. So, and I think it shows on the, on the other end of it because you've got these songs that are so well developed and so fully formed when they hit the record and they come out and you go, wow, you know, like this was, this was put together with a lot of intent, I guess is the best way I can think to say it. Yeah. And then the other, the counter of that also, like the danger of having too much time with a song is sometimes you overanalyze and you over dissect. But because I was still running my business and still writing with other artists and still doing things, it sort of forced me to not overanalyze. Like I would listen to songs sort of as part of my gym, you know, like I'd go to the gym and they'd, and I'd have the songs playing. And if I felt like listening to one of them, I would throw it on to the demos and stuff like that. But I wasn't like sitting at home with a razor blade trying to, you know, cut out all the little bad pieces and keep the good pieces. I was more uh, keeping it sort of at a visceral level until it became time to make the record. And then even at that point, I sort of, it was one of those things where I, I waited so long to sort of apply all these things that I was a little bit rushed. Hmm. I had to get it done, but I sort of prefer that because it keeps me, it keeps me focused on the things that actually matter. Yeah. Whereas as important, you know, instead of thinking about, Oh, I wish that hi hat there was cooler. Like, you know, that's the kind of stuff that only I'm going to care about. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a delicate balance. It's a, it's a dangerous game. If you're, if you're, if you're only in your own band and you're just in your band and, and you got too much time with your songs, usually it's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that I had enough stuff going on to, to keep me distracted, um, was, was very important in terms of letting things sort of germinate without having to be obsessed. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, I guess the lesson learned there is uh, a little bit of pressure will help uh, curb some of the perfectionistic tendencies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What, did, what did you enjoy most about this album in particular versus your other ones? I mean, I know for me, at least, again, my, my memory says I don't recall Ra having the collaborations uh, with well-known artists like you did this time along uh, with Dustin uh, from Starset on Enough and Lejean from Seven Dust on Nobody Loves You. I mean, that's an unusual thing. And you know, was, was that your favorite part? Was there another aspect of it? And, and what was the impetus behind, hey, let's get some folks in here and collaborate with them a little bit, which we haven't done before? Well, <clears throat> all right. So the, 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 
the features were sort of like a love-hate thing in the beginning because the the idea of having a feature was very much sort of anti-raw in my in my mind at least in the beginning i was very much like like, oh, we're gonna do features. Like, why are we gonna do that? And and I I knew that there was no way we were gonna be able to do features unless I was like sort of emotionally and artistically inspired by the idea. And um, you know, when it came to actually sort of applying and and being at peace with it, what what had happened was, you know, my work with LJ is so is is based entirely on our mutual respect and the fact that seven Dust was such a huge influence on me early on and that, you know, there's a lot of seven dust in raw. And I felt like, wow, you know, this guy has sort of sang the same way for his entire career. And, and, you know, the stuff that we're doing together for his solo record is very different than what people are used to with seven dust. Um, but I was like excited at the idea of like, well, you know, it'd be nice to have him feature on something, but when he does, but to do something that he doesn't always do. And so he, so the idea of having him on the song where he sings almost like, a, you know, as much like a pop singer as he possibly could was sort of fun for me. That made me inspired. That made me feel like, Oh, we get to introduce LJ in a different light. So that's mm-hmm. cool. And then the other part of it was because the band, you know, because Ra has a direct DNA connection to Seven Dust, I felt like it was applicable. I felt like this album is, you know, can show that, that you know, this is a person that influenced the band and that is definitely part of the raw DNA, even as, you know, as, as sort of a, an inspiration. And then sort of the opposite applies to Dustin, whereas I met Dustin in L.A. in 2010 and we started working when he had his original band Downplay. And, you know, I was there at the beginning of uh, Star Set and I helped you know, to date, I have six star set songs that I've co-written with him and a couple more, I think, on the next record. And the idea of having him on the album was, you know, artistically merited by the idea that that, that my DNA, the, the Sahaj Ra DNA, had had sort of infiltrated <laughs> infiltrated mm-hmm. the star set world. You know, like star set has, you know, comes from me to a certain extent because I was there in the very beginning with him. So. I feel I felt like, okay, there's enough of a connecting rod for both of these artists to be on the record and it not not feel just like, hey, man, I want to get your reach. Can I get your band's reach? Hmm. You know, and and of course, there's a benefit because I can get their band's reach. (laughs) So that was sort of, you know, there was another thing of like, hey, you know, we've been out of the business for seven years. We have 2000 people on our Instagram page maybe getting these guys on would be cool. And, and they, but, and they both did it knowing that that it would help us that way. I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't some weird sort of like, Oh, would you do me a favor? Like they, they did it because they knew it would help. So, um, you know, that's sort of the story on the features. Um, both songs are, are really, really cool to me in very different ways. Uh, you asked me what my favorite thing about the record is. And I would have to say that essentially I, I was able to write melodies for every song that made me feel like I was showing people what I'm good at. Mm. Like I was able to write these melodies and feel like this is the level that I'm at. And I felt like I wasn't doing any better or any worse. I felt like this is how good I am. And I was very proud of being able to make this record melody wise, everything I would want it to be. And then 
also, secondly, you know, as a guy in his 50s, you know, or 52, I just turned. So the idea for me of sounding, thank you, for me sounding good, you know, sounding like a guy that could keep up with, I mean, you know, uh, I'm a little bit arrogant, but I think I can sing with anybody. So I was sort of, you know, proud of listening to that record and not feeling like, ah, I didn't really sing that that good. I was like, no, I sound pretty damn good on everything. So that was another thing that was very satisfying for me. Um, You know, when it comes to mixing and the technical stuff and the production and all that stuff, I always, I always get a little fussy about certain, you know, kick drum should be louder in this song and this should be this and that and that. But the audience, you know, the audience sort of tells me when I'm wrong and that's all that matters. Yeah. No, and and fully agreed. Uh, you sound like you've been sealed in a time capsule or or one of those. Uh, I can't think of those those air tube things for about the last eight years. The voice hasn't aged even a little bit. It's clear and strong as ever. So congrats on that, because I don't think I can say that about it. And I don't use my voice to the extent that you've used yours. So, you know, you've taken care of yourself in that sense. So I know your time is tight. I know you're going to be taken off real soon. Real quick for everybody, what can we expect next from Ra? What's uh, what's on the agenda for the coming year? So we're going to, you know, we're going to attack a new single. We're probably going to focus primarily on online marketing and, and internet marketing. We may do some uh, radio, but mostly uh, just starting to get the band prepared for the possibility of touring. And if we can get, um, you know, get our reach up, get our numbers to a good spot, I think we'll have good opportunities. I think there are bands that would love to take us out. And it's just a matter of making it, you know, you, 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 you don't want, you don't want bigger bands sort of taking you out as a favor. You want them to take you out because they love your band, but also because there's a reason, you know, like the, I don't want to be, I don't want any, I don't want Ben from breaking Benjamin to look at us and be like, Oh yeah, I played some shows with you 20 years ago. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I want him to be like, man, I love this record. You guys are doing good. Let's do something. So, you know, if we can get to that point, I'll be happy to get out there and play some shows. Um, but in the meantime, you know, right now it's just about marketing what we have and getting the album sort of exposed. Right. Well, makes sense. And to be honest, I'd be surprised if somebody wouldn't want to take you guys along with them based on this latest effort. It's it's an A plus in my world. And again, the reviews I'm seeing are absolutely glowing. So you guys nailed it. So best wishes to you. All the best of luck in the coming year. I hope it just continues to grow. And, you know, I look forward to everything else you're doing down the road, whether it's with Ra or in your other projects. You've got a lot going on. So best wishes to you, my friend. Awesome. Thank you so much. And for anybody listening, uh, easiest way to sort of get in touch with us or even be able, sometimes it's hard to find us because of our algorithms and stuff like raw is not an easy word to search, but if you go to rawband.net, um, that is usually the best way. It has all the links to like Spotify, Instagram, Facebook, everything. So you'll be able to find whatever you're looking for, including merch all on rawband.net. Excellent. Do it, folks. Go out there. Check it out. It is well worth your time if you're not familiar. And if you're already familiar, you know it's worth your time. So I want to thank you again. I appreciate your time, Sahaj. Uh, Again, best wishes to you. Uh, Again, a happy birthday. Take care. And I hope to be talking to you somewhere down the road in the future. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for having me. I, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Anytime. All right, man. Take care. All right, dude. Thank you. Sure. Bye bye. Once again, a big thank you to Sahaj Tikatin of Ra. The new album, Intercorrupted, is out and available anywhere for streaming or purchase at all the places you normally stream and purchase your music. Thanks again to Sahaj. Have a good night.